Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and thou shalt have no other pods before me. God rules. Today, <laughs> we're dwelling in the mountain garden with the Ten Commandments and the patterns that make the Torah cool. But before we set aside our self-sufficiency and melt down our golden calves, now that they've invoked the name of Yahweh with their dark magic and necromancy, let's get jealous for our favorite co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good I would day. just never do such a thing. No. <laughs> what? You would what? never summon the dark arts? What did you say? <laughs> hey, he said it. Oh, my it is goodness. For my sermon. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, how you guys doing? No. Welcome back, Tyler. Woo. Yeah. You're back. Yay. You are. We're here. We're here. all back. The gang's all here. Man, did we struggle to make it without you. <laughs> no, nah, you guys did great. We tried. Struggle we bus. did our best. You guys did some intros. <laughs> I feel like last week we did a, we were, we were more on our game. We had a good conversation. It was really good. The week before we struggled. <laughs> and also, no. because it wasn't, I think the problem was it wasn't my sermon. And so I was basically oh, being yeah. you, Tyler. I had to come up with questions yeah. to ask my dad and so i'm like i'm not able to participate in the conversation i don't know how you do that where you're able to participate and ask questions because the whole time i'm thinking like all right i gotta wait for the right moment and i'll ask the next question to keep the pod alive well that's why a lot of times i'll ask a question and marion will say haven't you been listening to what we've been saying (laughs) (laughs) that happens way more often than i would like (laughs) it's because no no i haven't i've been preparing (laughs) yeah no i'm not listening to what you guys are saying well, That's funny. So you're back. You've got back. another son. We had a baby. Lane Philip Perkins. No, Perkins. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's my that sister's would be- You're so tired right now. <laughs> I know, guys. It's like yeah. nap time right now. For the last two, I was telling you. Lane Philip Bender oh my is the oh actual my name of your is son. It's the name of my new son. <laughs> We're still getting used to his name. My sister's name is Perkins. I don't know what... What am, I, really what am I funny. thinking? You, right before we launched into this pod, you were telling us how tired you are. Yeah. So the past two weeks, I've been home, paternity leave. Thank you, Grace Church, for the two weeks paternity leave. Uh, Milo takes a bet, takes a nap at like at sometime in the afternoon. Yeah. All right. So yeah. he's two and a half. He's taking a nap. My wife and I have taken that opportunity for the past two weeks to just be like, all right, we'll go to our separate places. Someone takes the couch, someone takes the bedroom, and uh, we're gonna, just going to nap it out while he's napping. And today is my first day, like full <laughs> work day back, and I am struggling. Yeah. yeah. Struggling. I just called my son the wrong name. <laughs> you, it, you essentially <laughs> forgot your own family yeah. name. What is going on? <laughs> it right. happens, I guess, but... Yeah, so he's here, man. He's uh, he's quite the delight. Have you guys seen pictures? Oh, my goodness. I've held him in my arms. I That's have right. not held him in my arms, but I have seen the pictures. He's a doll. He, Barry, he, you've brought dinner like five times <laughs> yeah. since yeah. he's I was, telling, I was telling these guys before the pod, my wife has very passionate about acts of service for people that she loves and she signed up for three meals on the meal train not just one but three so we've been been making the trek um can you that is one of the best parts about having a baby and like being a part of a church yeah community is like people send out this meal train idea and people just start bringing food to your house yeah like delicious food they're not like making pbjs right pbjs are nice but they bring like enchiladas yeah yeah <laughs> man yeah it's great yeah well i was gonna ask have you like what do you what do you think about lane <laughs> i know he's not doing much right now yeah i mean he, do you like him yeah he's, he's all right he's all right he, to me he looks like a little clone of milo yeah that's oh, the yeah. thing is uh 
everybody kind of says that, and you put a side by side of them together, kind of when Milo was at this age, and they look like twins. It looks like clones. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he's he's like super chill, man. Uh, I was expecting to just be up all night. Yeah, I mean, friends of the pod, please forgive me. When Milo was born, I remember. Maybe I'll cut this part out. <laughs> when he was born, I remember like laying in his bedroom in my underpants, just like declaring that it this was not worth it. Because <laughs> he was screaming. Because he was and like crying. up all night and I had to go to work and like he was just ruining everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it now. Looking back, looking back fondly on those times, but like none of that's happened so Look, far. I've, I've never had a kid, but I imagine that that kind of moment happens to every parent. Yeah, because Lauren and I are at, like we're we're arguing about something. Like I probably wasn't changing his diaper correctly or something, or like I turned the lights on when she's trying to put him to sleep or something. And yeah, so it, it was just a it was a weak moment. <laughs> yeah, but none of that this time. So We've Lane been, it's been, is a it's sleeper. Been like he's a sleeper. He doesn't like get too upset about stuff. Like. He'll get upset if I have cold hands mm. or something, but he's just chilling. He's just go with the flow. Milo loves him, which is great. Yeah. Like, I was, I, I wasn't concerned. I knew, I mean, Milo's a sweet kid, but y'all, I guess I was a little concerned that like Milo would definitely notice that our attention was not on him like it used to be. And I can't tell. I can't, if he's dealing with that, I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> like he's. He's totally like every day he's wanting wanting to hold Lane. Uh, we had pictures taken recently and every, I mean, look at this picture. I'm going to, friends of the pod, this means nothing to you. But <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to describe it like old timey radio. This is my new uh, phone wallpaper. Look at that. Oh, precious. Okay, so Milo, Lane is lying there looking up at the ceiling and Milo is just like, spooning him like cuddling yeah, like, with him with his arm over him he's just like his snug, snuggling his head and it's this so wasn't cute. just photo shoot picture this was no. like this happens all the time yeah milo loves snuggles him, that's yeah. awesome so Brother's milo's either 100 percent in like let me hold baby lane that's what he calls oh i call him goose what because goose goose so lane kind of has this he, he i don't know i don't know what the deal is but he's, he breathes a little loud <laughs> so in the hospital he was like <laughs> oh Jaden did that he's <laughs> singing yeah, and so I sounded like a goose to me, so I started calling him Goose, and now Milo calls him Goose, and so oh it, he's either all the way in, like, I want to hold baby Goose, I want to, like, turn his swing on and all the things, or he's, like, 100% out, why yeah. are we, why, why are you not playing with me right now? Like, why, yeah. why can't Goose, like, you said he was going to be my best friend, and he's just laying there, why, why is, uh, so it, it's been good, it's been really good, two weeks, uh, we're, we're in flu restriction city yeah. and yeah. so nobody came to the hospital except our parents which was really weird yeah. it was like ghost town in the hospital but uh the past couple of weeks has been really good just to be with family uh i yeah i kind of checked out of here and listened to the pod i sent i sent marin a text last week saying hey great intro and marin's response was just ha <laughs> that's all you said that's i was like funny. great intro on the pod <laughs> sorry man I've, I've been receiving a meal train of my own yeah, yeah. it's been a little crazy at our house so yeah what's going on with you guys uh jed's on the mend sort of jed's just down sort with the of. count you know it just he had surgery he did he did which i think we talked about last week yeah. um but yeah yeah he's still recovering from his knee surgery and yesterday was his Official first day back to work. Oh, he's back. But he was on like seated duty, like 
So I don't know how he can do what he (laughs) can do at work, like just by sitting all day. But regardless, he came home and he was hurting, like he was limping again. And is he doing like he's still walking with uh, with a crutch? Uh-huh. Um, it was two crutches, but now he can kind of lean on just one. Is he so. supposed to be doing that, or is he just like kind of push it, push guy? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I think rough and tumble. Like I know that his <laughs> his therapists have told him he can start putting weight on it. Yeah, and so maybe you know, I mean, you, you I could only imagine. For one, it it hurts because he's yeah. still post op in in recovery. But for two, sitting there for two weeks not doing anything, yeah, your muscles have got to have atrophied to some degree yeah, in two sure. weeks. So now he's complaining of like, you ever like hurt one part of your body and the other part of your body has to like overcompensate totally for yeah, the weaker yeah. part yeah. of the body. So now like I lift, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, so his right knee was the one that was operated on. And so now his left leg is hurting. sore and oh, hurt no. in all kinds of new yeah. ways because it's been doing all the work for all this time. So, yeah, he he is he because he's a seven on the Enneagram. Right? Oh, yeah. Is he like if he's sitting around too long, is he antsy? Oh, totally. He can't just like s- sit. No, in. he was antsy after the first day. Really? Wasn't he? So he was talking to you about this at some point because he tried to fill his life with with video games. Well, yeah. To he pass was, the time. He, he needed some video games, so we were talking about that. But that's something I've learned over this baby two weeks is like, I'd be fine just staying home all the time. What? <laughs> like, I we I could have not ever left the house <laughs> for two weeks, and I would have been fine. Now that food can just come to my house, <laughs> I'm Delicious fine. food. Yeah. And Milo's the same way. He and I were just cool playing in the basement. <laughs> Messing around Total home all day, bodies. and Lauren is like crawling out of her skin to yeah. get out of the house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Lauren, this Enneagram Seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Jed is very antsy. Like as soon as that temperature hit. Yep. Like what was it? A week and a half ago, where it was mm-hmm. like sixty degrees. We were at the park like all day because <laughs> Lauren had to get out of the house. Yeah, he's definitely been a little stir crazy. It's been it's been tough, but I mean. So how's caretaking been? Are you a blast, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> Just. So much fun. Bring Children out the best, and I have brings loved out the it. Best in you. What What would Jed say if he was sitting here? Uh, what would his Yelp ooh, review be? Yeah. Oh my How goodness. many stars? First of all, Jed is the king of Yelp reviews. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Especially in Chicago. Like I have, I would have friends saying like, oh, we went to this restaurant and we looked it up and there was Jed. Like Jed left a review. <laughs> That's funny. King of Yelp reviews. So how would he Yelp review my help? I'd get maybe... I want to give myself four stars. Oh, that's good. I want to give myself five stars. So you're not giving him a hard time? No, no, I don't think that I am. I think I ask a lot of questions because I just don't know. So like if I'm hearing the doctor say, hey, you you should start putting weight on it. Mm -hmm. The surgeon told me the day of, oh yeah, he's going to be able to put weight on it. Yeah. But there was no way he was doing that that first week. Yeah. Like just wasn't happening. So I think I'm asking questions like, well, yeah. where is your pain level at? Mm. How do you feel? And what do you think? You know, even now, now that he's having, you know, kind of those compensation related pains elsewhere, like in the left leg instead of the right leg, I'm just asking a bunch of questions. Like, right. how do you think we can stretch that muscle out? Or how do you, do you think it'll get better if you walk more? Like first it's going to hurt really bad and then it'll get better as you get stronger like and i think my questions yeah. my questions are probably annoying. all right no that's good because anytime i'm like down for a couple of days 
Lauren inevitably tells me she's ready for me to not be <laughs> <laughs> down anymore. Yeah. I'm ready for you to stop feeling sick. So I don't know if you've gotten to that part with this. Like if I, I can imagine if I had surgery and I'm walking around, like Jed's <laughs> walking around, I can imagine the people in my life would be like, I see you walk. You look fine. Like it's time to get over it. Yeah. I think it's yeah. helpful that he by no means looks fine. <laughs> the poor guy has been like struggling to get up and down the stairs, you know, oh, like, no. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's getting better. He literally lived on the couch for a solid two weeks down in the living room because he had noisy machines that he was running all night and he didn't want to disturb me and like, all right. For two weeks, so I was just yeah. glad when he moved back upstairs. It was yeah. nice to have right. him back. Wow, good. <laughs> Barry, what's up with you? Uh, not much. Uh, at home, we are rounding the uh, the final stretch for the remodel of our guest bath, which has been fun. A little shared you guys doing DIY. this by yourselves, hundred percent. Whoa! And so I, here, well, I'll tell you, there's been a twist I didn't see coming, but the. It's been fun for me because you know I aspire to be just like your dad. I want to be handy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tyler's dad is is a handyman, and I want to be a handyman. So I've actually dabbled now in some light electric work. I've dabbled in some plumbing. So what are you doing? You're like watching YouTube videos, or yes. are you just guessing? Are you going YouTube. straight to Phil Bender, like to the source? I, would, if I wanted no, to be I, Phil Bender. Uh, I would yeah. just go to him. I've asked him. <laughs> I've asked him a question or two here and there, but no, I'm. It's not like it's light stuff. It's not very heavy stuff. But if, in other words, I've like figured out how to get the old wiring figured out with a new light fixture. It's not complicated, oh, gotcha, but yeah. I guess it's somewhat complicated. It's got to be fulfilling. Like when you don't know how to do something, yeah. and then you figure it out you and you make it. it work. Yeah. But like, it's weird when you, it's like all these old, old wires in the, in the wall and all of them are white. There's no like black wires or green. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> so are we talking like knob and tube? Is that, is that it's a thing? It's not knob and tube. It's not that old, but I think that's a thing, but no, I don't know. So like basically the lights work now, <laughs> the end of the story. And so what are we but saying? I'm, I'm making like a, you know, a, a, this live edge, uh, black walnut vanity top with the sink and all that stuff. And so now the next big phase is for me to finish that and, uh, you know, get all the, the, get the P trap going and yeah, the, I gotta get that the water inputs and everything. And then I've got to fix up the big hole in the drywall that I took out to get all the stuff. Anyway, it's fun. It's fun stuff. I'm yeah. getting, but what, here's what I didn't see coming is that in this whole process, live has discovered this like real love of doing DIY stuff. That's like, awesome. Whoa. I thought I was going to be the handy guy and she would just what do the interior decorating stuff. But then as we were going down the process, we ended up deciding to redo all the, all the baseboards and all the trim in the room. And so she started like staining it all and doing all that. And then eventually I was doing all the cutting with the miter saw. And at one point she's like, show me how to, how to do that. So I was like, okay. So I walked her through it and showed her all the little techniques and stuff. And now she's doing all the cutting and she's doing everything. Nice. I didn't, I didn't even use, we, we got a, a Brad nailer, you know, cause we to, to nail in the, like yeah, a, of air course compressor I know thing, Brad you know, Brad nailers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she did all of it. I didn't even do any of it. And so, and now she's like the rest of the house. It's like, she's looking at everything else and like, what else can oh, I do? I see oh, so man. many projects. So well, I'm that's like, great. Okay, that's great, great for yeah. you. That's yeah, like your awesome. dream. It is. It's really awesome. So now the two of us are talking about like, wow, we could do the guest are, room. We could do this. And so she's probably going to be more handy than me in a year. That's a regular Chip and Joanna game. That's our plan. <laughs> Magnolia Farms. I don't know. I never saw Joanna with a Brad nailer. Well, that I don't. I don't know anything about those guys. I just know that they exist. <laughs> well, all that to say, in a couple weeks when we're finally done, when you guys, if you guys come over and see the guest bath, you won't recognize it because it looks really, 
really good. I was going to say, what's the timeline? How close are we? It's all up to me now, and I've got a few things to do next week, and I'll be done. So nice. it'll be probably done next Great. week. Great. Yeah. All right. It's pretty fun. So, and like doing it yourself is way cheaper. Oh, yeah. My goodness, it's cheaper. What's so, the next room? Probably the guest room, which has, it's just one of those like we moved, and now everything that's not had a home lives in there now. So yeah. we're going to make that into an actual guest room. Cool. Yep. That's all. It's been fun. All right. Well, I came back to the, uh, Deepest of dives in the uh, Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, did you see the first sermon of the series? No, I, I checked out, man. <laughs> okay, well, good. I, right. I, I, <laughs> I checked out of everything. I I was in a hospital and flu restriction. There's nothing getting through there. Oh man. Uh, so we're in the middle of a six-week series called Return to Eden. Yeah. And Barry, you gave the sermon this past weekend, and it was a deep dive on the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 5. And so let's just talk about that for the rest of our time together. Yeah. So what was kind of the big idea that you wanted people to walk away with that uh, for anybody who may have missed it or hasn't heard it yet? Yeah. Like me. Well, I heard this one. You, yeah. Not well, last week. Here, here's what I'll do. I'll, let me catch you up on like the big idea for the whole series, and then we could talk about this particular message. Okay. And it's real simple. The big idea, not really that simple. It was kind of a fire hose. But the, the big idea for the whole series is that the law of Moses is a part of a bigger story. And the bigger story is sort of the story of humanity that begins in Genesis. It's the story of the garden of Eden and Adam and Eve choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and bad, and then essentially being banished from God's presence. And the rest of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible is is asking the question, is it possible to get back, back to Eden, back into God's presence, back into the relationship that we once had. And all of the Torah is, is sort of answering that question with a yes but here's how, and that's what the law is. That's what the law is all about. And so this weekend talking about the 10 commandments was, was the first chance to kind of go deep a little bit and get into some specifics of how that works and what that means. Mm. And so I spent the whole message attempting to put the 10 commandments into the context of this bigger story to point out the fact that these are not laws that are just there to be legalistic. These are not just, uh, you know, God being picky and you yeah. know, telling people, oh, you're not allowed to do this or this. And, you know, I know you want to have fun and murder people, but you're not allowed to do it. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, it's not that. In yeah. fact, what it is, is it's God painting the picture of what fullness of life looks like mm-hmm. and what are the things to do and not do to make sure that you are ensuring that everyone around you experiences a life that feels like and looks like Eden. So, Fullness of life was kind of the key phrase from this message that I came back to a lot. And my contention, my argument is that every one of the Ten Commandments ultimately is about fullness of life and not about legalism. Yeah, I I thought it was awesome. Thanks. I've never, well, first of all, prior, well, I still probably couldn't. If you asked me to tell you you all Ten Commandments, I probably couldn't do it. (laughs) I bet you could. No. (laughs) (laughs) But you kind of grouped them in fives. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Like the first five, you went kind of a deep dive, and then the last five, you're like, these all kind of they all have, have a lot in common. In common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I want to first talk about the patterns that you said kind of pay attention to Yeah. Uh, as we go through the Old Testament or the Torah. And I just kind of, I, I don't know if you guys talked about this in previous shows or anything, but can we just kind of go through the pattern of what, what you're paying attention to or what we ought to pay attention to yeah. as we're going through this series yeah so there's a very big motif or pattern that you see 
that has it's it's actually really only three steps or three things. Uh, it is starting with the chaos waters, yeah, the waters of the ocean that represents chaos, followed by um, the mountain or the the dry land, the mountain that God brings out of the chaos waters. Mm-hmm. And then finally, at the top of the mountain is the garden of his presence where he meets with humanity. So you see that pattern. That's, of course, that's the creation story. God brings order out of chaos. He creates dry land. He makes the Garden of Eden, which, as I said last week, is on a mountain. And so um, that's that's that motif. But then you see it again, uh, again and again. You see Noah's Ark. You see God, you know, Mm. there's the chaos waters. God brings dry land and puts... uh, Noah on Mount Ararat, where he's essentially in the same region that Eden was probably in, according mm. to the biblical mindset. And so then you see it again. You see uh, Abraham leaving the chaos of Babylon and then meeting with God on a mountain. You see Moses and the Israelites being taken from the chaos of Israel uh, of Egypt in slavery. God brings dry land out of the water in the Red Sea, and then he brings them to a mountain where he meets with them on the top, Mount Sinai. And again and again and again and again, you see it everywhere. And yeah. the New Testament writers pick up on it too. We talked a little bit about this last week, but the New Testament writers are, are tapping into this imagery. They've got, you know, they're, they're noticing Jesus walking on the water and it's intentionally there to show that he has mastery over the chaos and over mm-hmm. creation. You see, um, you see in revelation 21 and 22, the p- depiction of the new Jerusalem is coming down onto a mountain and guess what? There is none of in the entire universe. According to revelation is there's no more sea. It's gone. The, the chaos waters are officially gone at that point. So it's a motif that just, it, I don't want to draw too fine of a line on it and say like that. It's a literal thing that we should be, you know, experiencing in our own life necessarily, yeah. but it's a poetic motif that depicts the kind of the journey of humanity and yeah. what God's faithfulness looks like from a poetic standpoint mm-hmm. in scripture. No, I thought that was cool because uh, you said the last, the last pat part of the pattern is that humans inevitably will have the choice yes. to trust God or to eat from the tree of good and bad. Yeah. Is there a reason we're saying good and bad and not yep. good and evil? That's in the first message. Oh yeah. I missed, missed that it. part. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Can and you recap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it is 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 that um, the words tov and ra, the tree of the knowledge of tov and ra, that's the Hebrew words, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily mean something moral. They, they're they more about the inherent quality of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a passage in Jeremiah where it says that there's a basket of tov figs and a basket of ra figs. The ra figs aren't evil. They're just rotten. They're just no good. Okay. So the whole thing is that uh, in Genesis, God is the one who is declaring this is good. Creation is good. Birds are good. Trees are good. It's not good. It's bad for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. You know, all that. But so he's determining good and bad, good and bad, good. It, that's his prerogative. And then humans eating from that second tree, it's it's sort of symbolic of us choosing to say, I'm going to define what's good and bad. Ooh. I'm going to decide. Human wisdom. It's human wisdom. Yeah. And I use that phrase a lot this weekend. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving to the Ten Commandments, you're, you said God has rescued, like using that pattern. Yeah. Uh, in this context, God has rescued Israel from the chaos of slavery. He made dry land out of the, out of the Red Sea, and now he's present on a new divine mountain called Sinai mm-hmm. with a new Adam named Moses. Yeah. And so you go through all the, the commandments to basically illustrate that these commandments aren't meant for us to look at as a list of rules. God rules. To break against to to break against God, but rather a list of ways that we can love God and bring fullness 
of life into the world. That's right. right? Yeah. Okay, so let's go through the first commandment, if sure. you don't mind. Um, the first commandment, I am the Lord your God. You And basically, you must, no other gods yeah, you must not have any other gods before me. Yeah. Okay, what... what in the context of the world, what is this? The world, the world behind the text, yeah. where everybody yeah, yeah, has the world behind the text. There's like so many tiny gods. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, they probably didn't seem tiny. Well, like lowercase g is yes. the way but you put it. But there are gods for specific things. Yeah, and yeah. you said it's gods of regions, gods of uh, warfare, gods of agriculture, yeah. fertility, everything. Yeah. yeah. And so, it was probably super tempting for the Israelites, who had like they're surrounded by people who. Has a bunch of, yeah, tiny gods, yeah, to believe in something other than Yahweh, yeah, right. Not probably tempting. It totally was because yeah. you see it in the story that mm-hmm. they keep going to these other gods. They yeah. keep. I, I mentioned Asherah, this fertility goddess. Well, they keep building these Asherah poles and worshiping them. It's yeah. all just a matter of them hedging their bets and and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Yahweh is good, but all my neighbors. They worship Asherah, and she gave him a great crop last year. So I'm going to probably worship her as well, just to be just to be on the safe side. Yeah, and I can't. I I don't know if I can even like comprehend what that would be like because we live in a in a time of and in a place where like it's not very tempting to believe in other gods, right? Right. Well, our our culture is more of a we have the legacy of monotheism in western culture where we kind of just have assumed there is a god, a creator god and so we don't really think about it. Here's something that I but didn't if you lived in another country maybe yeah. like where well, where go, Christianity wasn't the norm. Go to India. Yeah. And the there's thousands of gods and right. and everybody there assumes that there are many many gods at work and there yeah. are gods cursing and blessing and it's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. But here's something though I thought about, and I didn't, I ultimately didn't leave it in the message cause it was just too, it was just too much of a, of a curveball. But think about this. We don't have gods, little G gods in our culture, but we do have things like the economy, which we talk about as having a will as having uh, desires. We talk about the economy was scared or the economy rallied or it, or the stock market oh, yeah. even we, we talk about it as if it has a, has a will beyond individual choices being made by people. And now, now that we have computer systems that are making a lot of the decisions for the economy, it kind of does have a will. It's, it's out of our human control. It's choosing to do the stock market is choosing to do things that we're not always entirely in charge of and stuff like that. That's not a one-to-one example something to think about something to think about. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is something to think about, but we, we, do things in service of an economy that has a will of its own. Again, it's not a it's not a one to one correlation. It's just something I was thinking about. Like we treat the economy or the stock market as something that needs our, frankly, our sacrifice mm. to make sure that it is thriving. Interesting. I don't know. It, yeah. It, I, yeah. Again, that's like that's the kind of thing you like talk about at college. You know, late, <laughs> late at night. You know, because it's not really. But. I don't know. That I was like the one it. time I talked to, I was talking to people about religion and they told me that they think like corn is the God. Okay. Like, in college. In, yeah. Inevitably corn is going to take over because like there's corn in everything. Yeah. Anyways, like, <laughs> there's corn in everything and Soy it's going to take over. Yeah. It's going to take over your body. Yeah. And one day corn will rule, rule the world. Was this very late at night in college? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. When you start yeah. talking about corn gods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. I, I would say we're a monotheistic culture, but I would say 
within Western society, there are multiple religions that do have more of a, I'd say, like I think about my aunt. She was selling her house and someone told her to take a a statue of a saint and bury it like upside down in her front yard, like facing her house. And then Mm. her house would sell. You know what I mean? Like maybe instead of just praying directly to God that her house would sell, but it was, you know, get this trinket, do this thing, you know? I think there are examples of that in in our culture, even though it's a Western culture. And you compared it to self-sufficiency. Yes. So that's to God. Looking at the, you know, putting it in the world in front of the text, I think ultimately this is about self-sufficiency. It's my self-sufficiency to worship Asherah because it's me taking matters into my own hands. And I argued that we do that a lot, Mm -hmm. not with gods, but with all of these things that we have around us that protect us, Mm -hmm. that provide for us, that we put our trust in and our faith in Mm. so that we can be insured of our own well-being. So it's, to me, that's the, that's the real analogy, not necessarily other gods to us, but the other things in our lives that we depend on and put our faith in for our own provision. Yeah. Even because we just, like you said, covering our bases. Yeah. You know, it might not be out of a, you know, direct disobedience right but just like ah just in case right and and i know this gets so it just gets so complicated because it's like like i said in the message none of those things uh you know retirement accounts and credit cards and none of those things are wrong at all i would never say that but there's some point at which we can so over invest our reliance in those things Mm. that we somehow miss out on the opportunity for Yahweh to provide for us. I don't know what that line is and I have no idea. Like, I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So anyway, uh, second commandment, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind. Yeah. I am a jealous God. So how, how did you define jealous here? Jealous. So I mentioned that the word itself is used only of God in the new, in the old Testament. So it's not something that's like a human emotion necessarily, Although I'm sure other texts at the time probably did have it. But in the Old Testament specifically, God is the one who was jealous. But it also carries with it the idea of zealous, uh, being someone who is passionate, having a zeal. And I talked about it being God, uh, ultimately his His passion is for a um, dedicated, uh, faithful relationship with his people. Not because he's just like petty and he wants to like, you know, no, it's, they're my people. They're not your people. It's yeah, not jealousy that. always has a negative connotation because like six commandments later, he's talking about covet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like to me, covet and jealousy are the oh, same, interesting. same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. But you're right. I mentioned, yeah, jealousy is just, it's in our culture, jealousy is just like a petty emotion. Yeah. But, but what I was thinking when I was trying to describe this is that for God, it's God knows there is not life you can't find life apart from him that he's desperate for his people to find life. So he's jealous of all these other things that are stealing the life away from the people he loves, Yeah, you know? And so in a sense, it's like, yeah, jealous. I, I wonder if, I wonder if zealous would be a better word, you mm-hmm. know, cause I'm a zealous God. I want, I'm passionate about mm-hmm. this. So the song, uh, <laughs> he is jealous for me. Is that that's what that means, huh? Is that the first that's, time he ever sang on the pod? That's it. Because well, yeah, well, yeah, I've always it. been like, what in the world does that mean? Like that's that's not good. I, I've been jealous of people. Yeah. Like that's yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't it doesn't say he's jealous of me. 
it's yeah, the but, lyric is he's jealous yeah, for I me. I know, and I never understood like jealous for me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I can. I, it, this makes sense now. Oh, totally. I'm just saying. Three days ago, I wouldn't have known what <laughs> yeah. that meant. Yeah, like Love's he, like a hurricane and I am a tree. I still don't know what that is. Hopefully we're having a sermon that comes up later about what wow. that is. We'll just break down that entire song right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he he desires you and he desires you wholly. Not part of you or part of your attention or part of your time, but mm. all of you. And yeah, I, I guess I can see that like in my marriage relationship yeah. where, you know, my husband desires me and all of me and every part of who I am and, and I, him, like we, we don't want anything coming between that. Yeah. Um, and that's elsewhere in the old Testament, a picture of God's love. Yeah. Um, who was it that was told to marry a prostitute? Uh, I was just thinking that it's, um, oh man, I'm blanking. Is it Amos? No, it's, um, one of those prophets. Yeah. Like toward the end (laughs) of the old Testament. Like this is one of those things that if you, it's probably my situ, my my issue with names, and if, if like I'll be driving home and I'll be like, oh, it was obviously this guy, whatever. I, I can't remember. Well, I just went to flip through my journal like it's a Bible, like just hey. and find it. But yeah. but that the whole reason the story is in the Bible is a picture of his his zealous slash jealous his love, God's passionate, relentless love. Yeah. Um, towards his bride. Yeah, and I. Barry, last night you was one. It was one of the seven times you brought dinner to us. <laughs> yeah, but you went down to the basement and you started playing with my son Milo. Yeah, and there's this game. I won't get into the details that he likes playing with you, but what, you ask him questions. It's called and Go then, Tiger. Yeah, you ask him a question and then he just runs with a sword, <laughs> screaming the answer. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, what's your favorite animal? He's like, Go Tigers, and he runs with a sword, like. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Anyways, <laughs> you said, who's your favorite dad? Yeah, I was, I, I can't help it. I asked him like, I was asking questions like, okay, what's the biggest animal? And he's like, a big elephant. And we're like, okay, go big elephant. And we run. Yeah. And then I was like, what's the littlest animal? Yeah. A little elephant was the answer. <laughs> yeah. But then I said, yeah, who's your favorite, who's your favorite, who's your favorite dad? dad? He looks and, at me like. And he looked at me and he goes, that one. That dad. That dad. And <laughs> it so. It was really cute. I thinking about this and jealous i'm thinking about my like f- my father-son relationship and like not that he would have said any other dad mm-hmm. but i'm thinking of like man i want what's best for him i want like i pursue him with as much love as i can and like it felt really good for him to be like you're my favorite dad yeah even though i'm his only dad but like i, I was thinking hosea. about this thank you it's hosea thank you I am a jealous God. Like God wants what's best for me. He's going to pursue me relentlessly until um, I'm brought out of my brokenness. And not that I could even possibly do that with my, my kids, but I kind of think I thought through that lens of like, it makes a little more sense. Like how you can be jealous Mm. for someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Through that, through that father, son. Yeah. And I think, I think I always Growing up, the message that I felt like I received was sort of a, now look, there's a lot of really great stuff out there, like super fun stuff, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's out there, <laughs> but your God's not going to be happy with you yeah. doing all that stuff because he's- Believe dead. God! 
God. He's jealous, and he doesn't want you oh, having, yeah, too, really? much fun, having too much fun with drugs. Oh, right. Yeah, it was yeah. like he was threatened by yeah. all the cool stuff that the cool kids were doing. I don't know. And, <laughs> and now I realize like that's not that's not at all the narrative yeah. that the Bible is actually trying to put forward. Speaking of not the narrative at all, don't miss num- commandment number three. Don't misuse the name of the Lord. Yeah. Don't take his name in vain. Oh boy. So it doesn't mean don't curse. It doesn't so mean now you we're sh- just doesn't gonna, mean you should curse. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> between Sundays, man. We're gonna <laughs> Bloop. let gonna it rip. A little, uh, yeah. Do you want to go there? You want to yeah, talk about, talk about it? Um, you say you say don't misuse the name of the Lord as representing, uh, or uh, it's a matter of misrepresenting God's, God's character. character. Yeah. Yes, because then you know throughout Scripture the name of something has power. It has, uh, you know, when you are praying in the name of Jesus, it's it's bringing their character to bear their personhood to bear on whatever you're doing. And so in this context, some of the, I mean, the commentaries I was looking at all kind of pointed in the realm of saying like, well, this is about don't, don't, you know, use the name of Yahweh when you're doing necromancy. I mentioned that in the message, or, you know, if you're cursing somebody, don't do things with his name that would be against his character. Yeah. That's Mary. Do you know what necromancy is? Um, no. Communicating with the dead, but in all video games <laughs> that have necromancy in it, like RPGs, it's like a wizard games. Wait, wait, it's like, wait, what? It's a thing. That's why I. It's like a dark wizard who like raises <laughs> raises like skeletons to fight for him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow! But in but in the biblical times, it was just somebody who it was like a medium, someone who spoke to the dead. Like in Lord of the Rings, before Sauron was a thing. Where's my? He son? was the necromancer. Wait, wait. Jaden interprets all of this for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I need my interpreter. Sauron was a necromancer, right? I don't remember. In the is that in the Silmarillion? Yeah. Okay. I need to. Man, I need to, I'm. I need now to some Lord of the Rings nerds gonna email me. <laughs> and uh, I think you were actually thinking about yeah. Morgoth. Uh, anyway. Anyway, the point was that it's less about saying the wrong word. Yeah. Or replacing it with what my grandmother would have called a byword. Like oh, really? gosh, yeah. gosh, which was also not allowed in yes. her home. Yes. Because it was a byword. Yeah, or I had people darn, tell me that. Yep. Not allowed. Not allowed. Um, but more about misrepresenting him. Right. That made me think of the New Testament story. I think it's yeah, it's in Acts, Acts chapter 19, where uh what is it, the seven sons of Sceva are out there trying to cast out demons in like by using the name of Jesus like of a whom mantra. Paul preaches. Is that, is that what they say? Yeah. Oh. And then the, the demon comes out and says, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. Right. But who are you? Right. Like just kind of cheapening the name or, or using it as a, almost like a spell or something sure. in there. Essentially what they were doing was like magic. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Sauron was the necromancer in the hobbit. Oh, okay. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> yeah. Established. Got that. Well, yeah. And I think. Yeah, I think what it really boils down to, at least in the modern world, because we don't really do a lot of, not in the modern Western world, we don't do a lot of cursing. We don't do a lot of, a lot of necromancy, but um, I don't do much of it, but uh, (laughs) just kidding. I don't do any, but um, (laughs) what we do do a lot is we use God's name to endorse Mm -hmm. whatever we're into or whatever we're about a lot. And especially in politics, especially celebrities. And I, so I brought that up in the message and I had some people 
uh, mentioned that that was really interesting. They had never thought of it in that context before. Mm. But yeah, could you imagine if if anybody who's a politician who says God wants this, if it's not actually what <laughs> God wants, then they are breaking one of the commandments, which yeah. is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Ayers talks about that a lot about how like that's kind of a life passion of his where he cares very much about not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he pays attention to when he sees other people that may either, either knowingly or unknowingly kind of do that, even from a like preaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, here's the reason why, again, getting back to that bigger storyline again, it's not just because God's a jerk and is like, Hey, no, uh, gotta be, gotta be accurate. It's more because if God, if you say that God, you shall not pass. (laughs) There we go. There's some Lord of the Rings for you. If you say that God is for slavery. Okay. I'll use that as an example. Yeah. Then you are misrep or you're saying he's for the oppression of slaves and, and slavery. Then you are saying that he is for something that he is not for. And by doing that, what you are potentially doing is leading other people away from fullness of life because you're mm. saying to them, this is who God is. And they may say, well, I don't want a part of that God. And so I don't want to follow Yahweh. I don't want to listen to what he has to say. And as a result, you are leading them away from the source of life, which that, yeah. that's a really scary thing. Much way, way scarier than just like, you know, swearing. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, that's why we don't have bumper stickers at Grace Church. That's right. Yeah. Don't take the name of Grace Church in vain. My driving would lead them away from (laughs) fullness of life. Yeah. Based on your driving. I don't want to believe in that God. Oh, man. That's funny. (laughs) Uh, All right. So fourth commandment, honor your father father and mother. Yes. And so this isn't just like a blanket obey your parents rule. Can you explain kind of what? You were thinking there. Yeah. Honestly, this one, again, you have to see it in light of this bigger storyline. But when you do, you realize that the whole law is part of a relationship. It's part of a relationship between God and his people. And that relationship, I mean, it's not just this dusty law code that everyone just has to obey. It's a relationship that gets passed down from generation to generation. And honoring your father and mother in a culture where parents were the chief teachers to teach you what is right and wrong, teach you about the world. It's their responsibility to teach the kids who God is and to Mm. teach them about that relationship that they have with God, the covenant to teach them the, the way to find fullness of life. And so honoring your father and mother is a, is essentially a call to listen to and give weight to the words of those who have gone before you. And so I, I didn't get, deeply into this, but I kind of think that there's an application here, not just for parents, but also for all elders in our community to say, we need to listen to the elders in the church, not, not just governing board elders, but those who are, have been following Christ for years. Mm -hmm. We need to listen to them and listen to what they have to say about their relationship with Jesus and what Mm -hmm. they consider to be the way to fullness of life. Because that is, if we don't, we're missing Mm -hmm. out on the possibility of learning from what they've learned. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that, to me. That's what the, this one is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I skipped one about the Sabbath. Yeah, and you you kind of skipped over it a little bit too <laughs> I, in yeah, your sermon I had to for time. Yeah, so <laughs> we're we're covering that in more detail in a couple of weeks, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, but that one's all about fullness of life, as we will get into. That's gonna be a fun sermon to do. I I'm gonna because I I have to. I mean, the easiest application would be we all should just have a Sabbath day once a week. 
And while that is definitely going to be a part of it, we probably should try to strive for that. I also want to, we're not going to do another like tech fast, are we? (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I want to be able to present new ways to apply the, the mentality of Sabbath to our lives. And I, I don't know, I'm excited about it. It'll be interesting. Hmm. Um, even though actually having a Sabbath may in fact still be worthwhile. Oh, for sure. Not may is. I, I don't know that I've, (laughs) what was that? Our, uh, what was that? That technology series, the good life. Screen free. Yeah. Yeah. Screen free Saturday. I I have not been able to do that since. Hmm. And sometimes I need a reason, you know, like, okay, family, we're participating in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. Anyway. So yeah, we're going to come back to it in a few weeks more fully. And then, the last five commandments, you say, they represent how we're not to rob someone else of their fullness of joy. Like, don't murder. Fullness of life. Yes. Fullness of life. Sorry. Don't murder. Uh, don't covet people's stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, you kind of said, yeah, you can go down the list and be like, all right, good. I'm good. I, did, I haven't murdered anybody. I'm not, like, coveting my right. neighbor's wife or... Right. Which, by the way, we're... Men, the only ones that could read back then, or were they the only <laughs> ones trusted the, to like hear this message? Because it was like, because the it had nothing. Written. Yeah, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Right. Like, why not husband too? Right. It's a good question. Well, do you know? I mean, it was a very patriarchal oh. time and society and culture. So, yes, the men would have been the ones listening to these laws and yeah, receiving right. them. And even that, again, I whoever wrote Genesis. Like I want to give them the biggest high five when I finally meet them in 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 the new creation because they were freaking geniuses. Everything is in Genesis one through three. Everything, and so even that. Guess who? Guess what happens in uh, the story of eating of the tree? Adam is clear is told from God, "Don't eat of any tree, or eat from every tree except that one." Eve misinterprets what. Or, or misrepresents what the actual command was. And the story leads us to say that actually it's probably because Adam didn't do a very good job of passing along what God had actually told him. Yeah, she's, she's got some confusion. And so in some sense, like if you're in a patriarchal culture and the men are the ones receiving the laws, they have a some culpability if they're yeah. not helping their whole families to understand what the truth is. So anyway, but okay. it's all in there. I'm uh, telling you. So these are all kind of part of a, the bigger story you, you've been saying. God's restless and faithless faithfulness to bring humanity back into the mountain garden of his presence, back into the fullness of life. And ultimately, it just kind of felt like you were turning the Ten Commandments on their head and said, instead of looking at it like a bunch of God rules to break, yeah, it's like, what if we dedicated our lives to making our world look like this mountain garden yeah return to eden yeah um and so i guess my last question what what do you want folks who are engaged with the series and engaged with the b all the byob stuff yeah um bring your own bible stuff uh what what is it you want them to do is it just like imagine what's possible yeah if we could not consider this a, a list of rules like what what is grace church what do we want people what are we wanting people to do with this because I had people who, I, I, they never know what's going on, but this past weekend, they were like, man, have you seen the sermon? It's really good. And these are people that are like, who knows if they are ever paying attention to anything, <laughs> you know? And But they were like, man, you really need to rewatch Barry's sermon. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. And and so people are, people are definitely paying attention. Um, 
what what is it ultimately we want them to do? Yeah. Uh, I think two two big things. Uh, one, obviously, it's a BYOB series, so I want people to actually read their Bibles. Mm. And the best thing about Hebrew Scripture is that it is never an ending point. It's always the starting point of further wrestling, further discussion, further chewing, and uh, you know, re- you know, thinking through what you're reading. And so, I don't want these messages to be the ending point. I would like them to be the beginning point. And hopefully, by kind of recontextualizing some stuff, I mean, I've had people say. I want to go back and reread some of this stuff because I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, in a while. And what they're going to find, of course, are a lot of things that make the that remind them of just how uncomfortable the Old Testament law is. Yeah. But regardless, I want people to have that <laughs> have that story in their mind and go back and reread scripture. Yeah. Um, and I'd love it if they started to see the same patterns that I'm seeing now mm-hmm. with things like chaos waters and the mountain and the garden and like you'll start seeing them everywhere mm-hmm. and so you start layering on other imagery like like the uh the vineyard and uh, yeah anyway there's a ton of imagery so and last week you mentioned to read the old testament with the new testament in mind did do, you I? Me- do you remember saying that <laughs> did i i don't know yeah because we were talking about like why should a christian like how is the law relevant Oh, you know, right. and we talked yeah. about how it's it's foundational, and nobody you know goes to a movie theater an hour into a movie and skips the beginning. Right, like, right, yes. It's foundational, but then you mentioned the importance of it, it's it's a both and. We read the New Testament with the foundation of the Old Testament in mind, but we also yeah. go back and read the Old Testament knowing what the New Testament says, right. and like obviously it's one whole piece. You, right. you take it as a whole. And right. in your sermon notes, um, you did say that the 10 commandments are not an ending point, but they're a starting point. And then hmm. I don't know if you, if you actually quoted Matthew 22 in your, in your, your sermon, but you put it in the sermon notes. Yeah, love God, love others. Yeah. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's the first commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. But the part that comes right after that, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Yeah. So I would love to do again, like what what people are saying, reread this stuff. But with that in mind, how is this? Yeah. How are these two components, loving God first and foremost, loving my neighbor as myself? How are those central to each of these laws? Yeah. Even absolutely. the uncomfortable ones. Yeah. 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 And 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 again. This is not this is the big distinction I want people to make with this whole first point is that the Old Testament law, even the storyline that we're looking at, the story of Eden and all that, this is not some old story that happened a long time ago. It is the story that we are all a part of right now. Yeah, we are still a part of the same story. So that's I just want to help people change their minds mm. about all this. Mm. The second thing is kind of how I ended this particular message. I, I would love if people were to use this as an invitation to do some self-reflection about their own lifestyle, about their choices, about looking at their lives and asking, am I, am I just trying to avoid doing bad stuff or am I actually looking for ways to bring fullness of life Mm. into my world? Am I looking for the best for my neighbor? Am I, am I developing a, a passion to love God fully? Am I trusting in God? All, those yeah. kinds of questions rather than just saying, well, I haven't murdered. So check. Have I right. haven't, you know, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. honored my parents. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you said it's more of an opportunity, you didn't say it this way, but it, it, it's more of an opportunity to understand that you have the potential to rob someone else of their fullness of life. Yes. And God 
wants us to enter into Eden in relationship together, right? Return yeah. to Eden together. Yeah. And so once you kind of framed it that way, I, I, I understood, you know, because I, I, like I said, I can't even tell you what the Ten Commandments are, even though we just went all through them. <laughs> I but bet you could give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they haven't meant much to me in my life. Like I've not ever thought about them unless something in the news is happening with yeah them. Right. You know. Uh, so understanding that this would have meant to somebody, this could mean to somebody like you have the power and potential to rob someone of their fullness of life. Don't do that because we can, we can return to Eden together. Yeah. And that, and God wants us to do that in relationship. I I thought was really impactful. Yeah. And again, Jesus in Matthew five, he takes a lot of these specific commands and other ones from the law and he blows them up to the way out of proportion. He says, you know, Oh, you're not supposed to commit adultery. Well, I say, don't even, don't even look at someone with lust in your heart. I, yeah. You know, you say, it says don't murder. I say, don't even hate, you know, it's mm. like he takes them to the logical extreme. He does that. He doesn't use these as an ending point. He uses them as a starting point. Yeah. And a lot of his criticism for the religious establishment is that they were working really hard to figure out what the ending point was for every single law so that they knew exactly how to stay within the bounds. And Jesus is like, no, it's not about that. It's about, it's about fullness of life. It's about, you know, completely transforming our world. So I love the way that you framed this and I'm thinking, what would this look like in my home, like in my house? Like, of course I want to extend this to my neighbors and the world at large, but I'm also just picturing it on, on a much smaller scale. How can I, enhance fullness of life or bring fullness of life even more so into my home, keeping those first two commandments in mind, like first and foremost, like in everything that I do in front of my family, in front of my kids, am I, am I loving the Lord with all of my heart and doing that before them and bringing that into my home? And am I loving them as much as I love myself? Mm-hmm. Hard yeah. as it is yeah. to go get Jed one more <laughs> iced coffee. Uh, <laughs> He's milking that, man. Yeah. He's milking that. Yeah, like what What does it look like large, you know, on a bigger bigger scale, bringing healing to the world? We talk mm. about that all the time. But I can't help but kind of, I guess, bring it more into focus and on a smaller scale. What would this really look like in my house? Yeah. Oh, I've got kind of, so those are the two things mm-hmm. that I was you know, reading, helping people read scripture better. And also that was number one. And number two is helping them evaluate their own life. I want to add one B one B (laughs) is go read the gospel of Matthew after this series is over. Because Mm -hmm. what I, what I've realized, all the gospels do this, but especially Matthew, pretty much every new Testament passage that I've quoted has been Matthew, Mm -hmm. this whole series, these two sermons. So I realized that the more than ever, I'm realizing that Matthew is totally totally tuned into this whole story and the the things that he chooses to quote Jesus on and the way that he depicts Jesus's life like he's dialed into this story so yeah that's another little bit of homework after the series is over go read the gospel of Matthew yeah and so where we, where do we go next what's happening we got four more weeks left right yeah so now we're going to look at four themes that are kind of overriding themes for the whole of the law. We're going to look at justice this coming week, and then we'll look at three other ones. And dad is going to be actually bringing the message this current week, because I'm going to be off at the merge winter retreat, our high school retreat. Oh, cool. So, uh, are your kids going on that? My daughter is going on that. My son is going on a retreat with his mom, me. 
They're going on a road trip. Lame. To go, to go see a band. Tripping. To you go, are? To go see uh, Me Without You. What is that? Uh, Saturday night. No, what is that? It's a band oh. that I thought maybe you would have heard of <laughs> from back in the day. Um, no, it's Jaden's like lifelong cool. favorite, favorite band ever. And they've never played an all-ages show near enough to go see it. And this is their farewell tour. Wow. This is it. Last chance. And they're finally playing an all-ages show, but it's in North Carolina. So wow. after this, Jaden is going to have to be me without me without you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, they have uh, forever enhanced his musicality, and I'm grateful for that. So, mother-son road trip, here All it right. comes. Great. Jed's on his own this weekend. Jed is not oh, on no. his own. His uh, loving mother and father are oh, coming okay. to take care of him Good. while I'm gone. <laughs> oh Good. All right. And uh, people can catch you on Facebook, right, Barry? Oh, yeah. What are we doing? So every Wednesday night through the series, probably not the last, I don't think I could do it the last week, but for for five weeks of the six, I'm going to be on uh, Facebook Live, Grace's Facebook Live, uh, just sort of answering questions that people have. They can submit them at gracechurch.us slash BYOB. I thought last week's questions were doozies, but man, there are some deep ones coming in here. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, uh, yeah. It just, what time is that? It's 7 p.m. 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Uh, and it's I, last. this last one was about 30 minutes. I had a blast. We were talking about Eden. There was a bunch of questions about, like, why would God put the tree of the knowledge of good and bad in the garden in the first place? And so I, at some point, was talking about space-time continuum. It was awesome. So yeah. um, it's more of just like a casual... Something to think about. Something, something to think about. Dang it. It's going to get me... <laughs> You're gonna, that's going to get me every time you use that from now on. <laughs> Forget that you say it twice, Barry. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, yeah, come join. Uh, I don't know if this one will be any good because I've got so many questions that I'm like, man, this is going to be this is gonna be tough, but I'll do my best. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I saw the replay or the archive or oh, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. of the video. Yeah. And lots of people were Yeah, there's a good number of yeah. people engaged. And, Great. Yeah. Yep. And uh, cool. the following week when Dad – I'm going to see if I can – have us both like him have him he'll have to get like a temporary facebook page or something like that so that he can join but whatever then we'll have us both on at the same yeah. time we can both try well, why don't you just sit next to each other i don't want to drive down there <laughs> oh no all right <laughs> technology right Let's yeah. Just, yeah all right cool well guys it's great to pod with you again yes we missed you i'm back in the saddle for a while now actually i don't know don't we have a bunch of like retreats and stuff coming up uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So it's good to be back. 2020. We're officially like on now. Okay. <laughs> we've had a, we've had a bunch of like pauses and restarts, and now we're back. Yeah. So cool. We'll be back next week. But until then, Marin, will you please send us out? Sure thing. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>